0: Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning.
1: It is so good to be here this this Sunday morning
2: on the uh, wonderful, bright, sunny morning. Yes. I don't... uh, uh,
1: I want to, before I begin, because I am uh, really uh, feeling some type of way. Uh, The year was 1993. I had transferred into a school called Bowling Park Elementary School. (laughs) And my grandmother was working as a school guard at the corner of Merrimack and Hollister. And right at the corner, uh, I want to say that is majestic. I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. There's that a blue, uh, Buick right there at the corner every day. And, uh, Anytime something would happen to me, emerging from that blue Buick would be a lady by the name of Miss Barbara Bell. And from 1993 until this very moment, every year that I've had a birthday, this young lady has called me. And I made up in my mind that I was going to call her for her birthday. And I stupidly did not, so I wanted to publicly <laughs> wish her a happy birthday on this time, this morning. But
0: well, say you you called me on the very first, so you, remember you did
1: that. So well, so I, I meant to call
0: you, and
3: happy birthday
1: to you. On this morning. I
3: appreciate it. Thank you so much. So very much. I thank you. Eric. And so, uh, yeah. And I was good
1: there. morning. Good morning. Dr. Bell, present accountant for. Mm. Oh, and right so,
0: we all good morning,
1: everyone. And so, with that being said, we will move to our our program for the morning. And we will. Uh, begin with our call to worship, because you do know the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world and they the that dwell therein.
3: Dwell
1: lift, up head, <laughs> lift up your head, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is? This King of Glory, the Lord of hosts, He is the King of Glory. This morning, as uh, we uh, begin to reflect,
2: um,
1: I wanted to, uh, or I believe that there was a time that we needed to set aside for a personal reflection And what I mean by personal reflection is I uh, was hearing a a minister that I speak with frequently uh, talk about the climate of our society. And he said, you know what's happening? I said, no. He said, you got a lot of talking, but nobody's talking to the right person. And I said, He said, "Everybody talking, but ain't nobody talking to the right person. Amen. And so he said, you can't have too much prayer in your services. And more
0: importantly,
1: you can't have too much personal prayer in your services. So what I would like to do this morning, because... Most of the time we get to these corporate meetings and the pastor, minister, whoever's at the, the rostrum gets up and he begins to go on and pontificate in, in voices that will make you shout at the end. But that's his prayer or her prayer. And we'll do some of that later on in, in our time together. But at this moment, I thought we would take about two seconds and in your soft voice, You communicate in a way that you need to communicate. There are people that you are uh, feeling that need your noise, your voice, your mediator, mediation that I don't know, that no one that we could put to this microphone can know. And so just for a few moments, you would take that and pray in your own silent way. You may know someone who was suffering from our situation, I, I really don't know how to tell you to pray, it's really not for me to tell you how to do it,
0: <coughs>
1: just a very few moments. And so, Father, we ask that you would please hear our prayers as we are personally seeking for requests that only you can know. We ask that you would uplift our spirits, encourage our hearts, most importantly, ease our minds. We watch too much news we need a cleansing. We talk too much. We need a little peace and quiet. And we thank you for this opportunity on this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. After the following, amen. you will have the reading followed by the scriptural meditation. And then we will come back to the hymn of the, the morning that we will uh, speak of in a reading manner. In that order.
4: This morning's responsive reading is number 598, Christ's Concern for Children. Scripture verses are Matthew eighteen one through six, Mark nine thirty seven, and Mark ten thirteen through sixteen. I'll read Christ's concern for children, Matthew 18, one through six. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him, and set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted, and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven, whoso therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, and whoso shall receive One such little child in my name receiveth me. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Mark 9.37 Whosoever shall receive one of such little children in my name receiveth me. And whosoever shall receive me, receiveth not me, but him that sent me. Mark ten, thirteen through 16. And they brought young children unto him, that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as as a little child shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. Amen. Mm. Amen. Amen. Amen.
5: Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. Everybody morning. doing all right this morning? Amen. Uh, yeah. Amen. Yeah. You know, um, I know it's morning and we've, it's a Sunday and we've already started to pray and praise God, but I think we have to remember that uh, we have to praise God every day, not just on a Sunday. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, I, we get in the habit of, of, of forgetting who God is, and this is little little... Um, uh, scripture that I have today, we're going to remember who God is and how mighty he is. Sometimes we forget that uh, he can do these things for us. Our scripture today comes from the Old Testament. We're going to be looking at Micah, chapter 7, verses 18 and 19. Okay, And it's something that um, we tend to forget, like I said, who God is and what he can do. And Micah's re- uh, re- uh, reminding the people of Israel exactly who God is. And we'll go into the reading now. Micah seven, eighteen says, Who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives transgressions of the remnant of his inheritance? You do you do not stay angry forever, but delight in showing mercy. You will again have compassion on us and you will treat our sins tread our sins underfoot and hurl them into the deep depths of the seas you know here Mike is telling the people that uh, you know God is, is good and he he forgives our sins but not only does he forgive our sins but he Banishes them from us forever by throwing them into the depths of the sea. Um, sometimes we forget God does forgive our sins, and Satan makes us try to remember what our sins are. You know, and uh, we have to thank God on a daily basis that He does forgive us, and He does take care of us, and He does um, uh, provide for us. And, uh, you know, I have a a thing that uh, I open my eyes in the morning and I start praying. I pray to God to thank Him for the day, another day that He's given me. I ask Him for the strength to get through the day and to be the Christian person that He wants me to be and reflect that in who I am and and into the people I come in contact with. And, um, you know, as it says here, that God doesn't anger. It doesn't keep anger. And I pray that that my... my, uh, sense of who I am on a daily basis that I shouldn't anger. I I should be careful because if I show anger then I'm more tempted to do things that is not godlike. And uh, it's my prayer that I be more godlike on a daily basis. And it's not easy to do that as long as we walk in this world. And I think that we can draw strength not only from the words of Micah, but the words from the other prophets in the in, in, the, in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament, you know, God is a forgiving God. He forgives us and He takes care of us. And also, He, uh, you know, we have to remember that He, uh, that Jesus died on the cross for us, that we may be saved, that we may not have uh, eternal death, but we'll have everlasting life. And uh, you know, we have to thank God for that on a on a daily basis. And as I said, when I wake up, I thank God for the. Uh, for the day he's given me. And when I lay down at night, I thank him that uh, I have uh, maybe done something during the day that's made him uh, smile, made him happy. And then again, on the same token, I also ask forgiveness for something maybe that I've done, something I know I've done, and, and, and pray to him and, ask, and just give me the strength that I don't let those kind of things um, involve my day or consume my day and uh, give me the strength to to face that. Or if I've uh, showed anger or malice towards someone, that he gives me the strength to go to that person and to talk to them and ask their forgiveness just like he gives us forgiveness.
0: So as we go
5: about our day, not only on a Sunday but the rest of the time, we should dedicate that time to God, Uh, uh, and and he will dedicate his uh, time to us. He does listen Amen. to us and He does hear us, yeah. and uh, so we must um, keep that in mind as we as we uh, do our daily duty. And uh, uh, we will hopefully have a chance to uh, just be a, a, a lighthouse in this dark world, a lighthouse for God and to Jesus.
1: Amen. Thank you. Uh, I like to call him Reverend Dennis for coming on every every Sunday, uh bar last Sunday when we celebrated with our mothers and giving us such a a wonderful uh tidbit of inspiration tips to live by, if you will. I um am thinking about today uh it was presented to me that our theme for the morning should uh, center around children. And as Great uh, <clears throat> Rev was talking, I looked down at the the hymn of the morning uh, that we wanted to expound upon. As you know, I, I've seen this hymn book, and I know many of you have seen But it's something about reading these lyrics that give more meaning to the song than just singing them. So the hymn that I have uh, pointed my attention to is 558, and it's called Child's Morning Hymn. And it reads, Father, we thank thee for the night. For the pleasant morning light, help us to do the things we should, to be to others kind and good, for rest and food and loving care, and all that makes the world so fair, and all we do in work and play, to love thee be better days by day. And I believe that kind of speaks closely to what uh, the Great Rev was speaking about Mm and how we should uh, focus Mm -hmm. on praying daily and uh, focusing our attention just more than on, on Sunday when we gather together, but on all occasions that we have breath and opportunity to uh, be thankful. Also, on this morning, if I can just take a few moments right through here to um, uh, focus on a on a few things that I wanted to share with you. I uh, uh, seeing as this is in some cases, a community of faith and the message was sent out to those who uh, are, should we say, um, moderators of faith meetings. I heard someone uh, make mention of, did the churches open? And the question is that uh, the churches are allowed to reopen. The problem is it is still significantly unsafe to attend. Uh, You are allowed to go if you're going to wear masks. In some settings, they're asking people to not have choirs because the projection of your voice can also project the virus. And in many of our churches When you have 20, 30, and 40 people projecting, those ceilings are only so high, and it goes up and comes back down. Mm -hmm. And so until there is a way to control it, which that is not a thing yet, the possibility Where did
0: you get it from, uh, from, uh,
3: Aaron?
1: Where did we get what from?
3: The, the, that I heard that they were opening, but you have so much more uh, information. I was just wondering, you know where you, where you gained the phone all
0: it
3: from. On the news. Oh yeah, I, I only heard that they were opening, and as I said, you, uh, that's all I heard. So yeah, well, I, I didn't hear that. Yeah. You have, you know. So yeah. Okay. Thanks, Mm hmm
1: but uh yeah they, it is it is it is still unsafe to yeah, uh I agree. to to participate in uh physical acts and so we are here uh a lot of my pastoral mentors are still closed and they will remain closed and some of them dare i say will remain closed the remainder of this year and the reality of it is, as I move swiftly through, not to uh, uh, prolong or or engage in, in a in a in a discussion because I don't know all the answers. But uh, we do know that there's a possibility that a vaccine will not happen for July. They won't even find it until then, and then it has to go through trials, which will take three to four months. Mm. That's December. Then they have to produce it and get it out. So if you're not talking about next Easter in your mind, have fun thinking otherwise. <laughs> so with that I would say that we are here every Sunday. You have nothing to put yourself in danger for. God is not restricted to a building, he is in your heart.
2: Okay. Okay. And
1: therefore you are uh free to join us here. On Sunday mornings at uh, 7 a.m. And moving in our, our civic mind, uh, you also have an election that is this coming Tuesday. And um, even though most of our uh, civic persons are unopposed, there is one. Uh, particular contest, if you will, that is not unopposed, and that is for our school system and I want to uh um take a few moments and uh, uh allow for uh Billy Cook is he here with us this morning? Good morning, I'm here. All right. I just want to make sure he was on and I'm going to uh just share a little bit about him and then we're going to uh move out of the way and and for my uh 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 finishing give him about uh five or, or ten minutes somewhere between that those two extremes to uh uh express himself and if there's any concerns that you may have, uh, the line will remain open after service if, if, if uh, the good Rev, he is also a Rev, wishes to stay around, and uh, we can uh, you can speak to him uh, for about 10 or 15 minutes afterwards if you have questions or concerns or, or issues that you would like to have with him. Uh, but the great Billy Cook is a native of Norfolk, Born in Baltimore, Maryland And the son of Pastor George W. Cook Sr. And the late Jesse Cook He's also a preacher's kid PK as we are uh, referred to in the streets He was raised in Norfolk Since six months of age He attended the Norfolk Public Schools Graduating from Lake Taylor High School Everybody knows Jesus graduates Came from Harlem and he attended Saint Paul's Church of God in Christ. after leaving for college, he graduated from Virginia Tech in 1985. He's married to the former Sharon Davis Cook, and they're 32 years. Has four adult biological children and four grandchildren. Oh. Their involvement in the community has resulted in numerous other spiritual children and other grandchildren. Billy has a long history of service in our country and our community. 32 years in the U.S. Army, five years on the Norfolk School Board, which he is seeking now to return, two years on the Norfolk Library Board, and many other years as a youth pastor at Antioch Missionary Baptist Church. For those of you who are uh, here from the Chesterfield Heights, community. You will remember that he was uh, the community civic league president and a school teacher in North Public Schools in 1995, most recently a long-term son. Now, before I uh, 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 give him his moment, I'm going to do that. It was very interesting. When I began, I talked about 1993 and My transferring to Bowling Park Elementary School What I did not know Was at the same time That I was walking the halls Of Bowling Park Elementary School This gentleman was also Walking the halls Of the same school At the same time And it was just amazing To know how you can Be in the same place Not know each other And then 20 years later Remember that you was in the same place And never knew each other
2: so with that said, i am like to point, it's about uh,
1: 726, so we're going to give you somewhere between five and ten minutes in between those extremes to uh, express yourself and say that the good Lord has placed a part of your heart. Mr. Cook, welcome to our time
2: together. We're glad to have you. Well, thank you, Pastor, and thank everyone um for this opportunity i want to say good morning to everyone and good morning, good morning. Good morning. Is, I, want, is. I want to good give morning. honor to god and to, to pastor eric and you all for your faithfulness for um waking up bright and early and coming together in the name of the lord so it's, it's awesome that you all do this and again i want to thank you for allowing me to share and I'm gonna throw my hand in there too and tell Miss Bell happy birthday. Oh,
3: thank you, thank
2: you. <laughs> so, this a this, this civ- oh yeah, I, I heard, and so I'm sure I probably stood out there waiting for students to come in some sometime around '95. So uh, again, as three of us Bowling Park alumni, um, but this civic moment. Um, is not just about me or someone coming in from the community. Uh, To me, it's about the fact that the God that we just spoke about uh, in the responsive reading out of Micah 7, um, the God that, as was said, that forgives us daily, and as we used to say in church, that he casts our sins in the sea of forgetfulness. um, That God has called us to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world, um, and that's reflected in the Bible in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew five. But he he's called all of us to to make a difference in the world. Uh, but as was said, I was licensed to preach some time ago um, at Antioch Missionary Baptist Church uh, when Reverend I Joseph Williams was the pastor. In my initial sermon, the the topic was God has called you too. And so I strongly believe that God has called all of us to make a difference in our world. And it doesn't matter what time of life it is for us. Some of us are in the golden years. Some of us
0: um,
2: are in the early years, in the middle years. But God has called us uh, to make a difference in the world. And so my running for school board, it's not about me being some politician. I, I don't like that phrase. I don't like that word. But to me, it's it's a calling on in my life to make a difference in the lives of thirty thousand students in the city of Norfolk. Um, you know, he talked about thirty-two years in the army, and when he read my bio, and I wasn't ready to retire. And actually, I had been promoted after retirement but i couldn't go back and that was a significant event in my life because it was a it was a great disappointment because i wanted to go back and and serve in the army and serve at a higher rank um my being licensed to preach you know i said okay god what do you want me to do with that and so i went around the churches to um churches that didn't have pastors and i said okay god you must want me to to be a pastor, and I wasn't selected to be a pastor. And so there was a little disappointment there, but then I realized as I looked around, I said, God, you need us to be the light of the world and us to be the salt of the earth outside the church, outside of the military, and I felt that God had called me to be a leader in the community. And so your other response of reading was about children, and as I said, my wife and I have four biological kids. But if I counted all the kids, the ones that were raised in our house, like you know, like we used to do back in the day, um, that who weren't even related to us, I think the number would be nine, because we raised five additional kids, and we still have, they have children now. So we, God has called us to influence children, and so again, that's that's behind the reason that I'm going back to the school board. And so um, I want to thank you all for this opportunity. But I do want to make sure that you understand this. My main message to, to you all this morning is to encourage you all to find your sphere of influence, influence that God has given you and to do all you can to, to represent God, to, to represent things of righteousness in that sphere of influence. And if we all would do that, this world would be a better place, despite what we see, but this world would be a better place. And then at the end of our days, God will, we will hear that saying that we hear so much about in the Bible. we hear God say to us, well done, thy good and faithful servant. So I'm, I'm again, appreciative of this opportunity. Pastor Eric, I appreciate you allowing me to do this, and I bless all of you. For, again for your faithfulness for coming together god bless you
3: god bless you
2: thank you for your uh, your coming on i i do want to say that
1: um i i i don't want to uh to make comments because they'll say that i swayed people's votes but i do want to appreciate your your diligence i see you on the on the book of faces he's he's one of the only politicians i know of to date and I know a lot of them that are running that are doing virtual posts and connections and, 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 and trying to um, reach out to people in ways that uh, uh, will afford us at this point in time. And so I do want to appreciate his hard work in that effort to uh, fulfill his calling. And, um, Again, I don't want to tell you how to vote, but I just want to tell you, as he said, to um, seek your your purpose and your your uh, uh, what he God would have you to do. And I think that's that's not talked about a lot in when we get into politics. Is when you go to the ballot box, even in your your casting your vote, we have to have a moment of prayer and meditation make sure that this is the person That the Lord will have us To vote for, good, bad, or indifferent my, my, There there's some people And I'm not going to name anybody Because I don't want anybody to get thrown under the bus here But there's somebody A lot of people Who have uh, prayed Despite The degradation That they are thankful for Donald And they said well, One pastor told me the other day He said, you know, we would not Have moved and operated In the way that we are If it wasn't for him Mm
0: -hmm. And so
1: The scriptures even say that he takes the foolish Things to confine the wise And so uh, Whoever the Lord would have to be in that Seat is going to be there And I just hope that we can uh, Find our way to uh, uh, Come into a About who that person would be And so in that vein Uh, I promised you a moment, a corporate prayer. And so as we go out on Tuesday, as uh, my sweet, lovely granny is going to come here in a few moments uh, to pray, I have a a few uh, bullet points that that, uh, I'm not telling her how to pray. I'm just going to tell her how to pray. And um, a few bullet points that I would like for her to consider if she would. Number one, over this election, I hope that will be a thought for her to to use in her prayer over those who are running. Because I don't know if you know, a lot of us have went down and put people in office, and then when we, once we got them there, they uh, yeah, we'll come back. They look funny, look different, if you will. There are uh, 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 some candidates who I know personally who love me until they got elected and I don't know my name anymore. And and, and and so if we want to uh uh pray and then I'm I'm just going to say this there's some folks who feel like they're safe down now. And but they don't know that uh, that uh I know of a God that's bigger than an election. And uh, not only does he not need two-thirds of a vote to impeach, but he also doesn't need two-thirds of a vote to remove. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, our political leaders need to be reminded of who the real boss is around these streets. The people. And not only that, but all of us can be reminded of that. Because I think it would help for our blood pressure if we recognize who the real boss is. And I'm going to say this in, in my, uh, as I turn this over to grandmother, but uh, I was having a conversation a couple of days ago about, uh, which kind of uh, uh, expired on yesterday, if you will, about uh, defense of the faith. And the conversation uh, I talked about this with grandmother, she might laugh But I didn't tell her the other half But someone said We have to defend God I said, why? Why does he need a defense? He's the creator of the universe The whole world sits on his hand The earth is the laws and the foot of it. The- why are we defending someone who we need to be defended by?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so it's our business To understand That God does not need a defense You cannot try him And if you did, you would not convict him. And if you did, you could not punish him. So therefore, since we know who the real boss is, I hope that we, uh, even though we're talking about children, but as the scripture says, unless we come like children and realize that to our Heavenly Father, we will not grow up and we will not be adults. But in his eyes, we will always be in need of his protection. So just for a few moments, if Granny will come and, and we will take our time and just meditate a little bit. And uh, she can uh, have about a good few minutes to give us an old-fashioned uh, altar call prayer as we begin to move forward further in our service.
3: Most gracious and all-wise Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you, O gracious Father, because you woke us up this morning with the blood still running warm in our veins. We thank you, God, because of your love and your mercy that we here today to say thank you. We just praise you and we magnify your name. God, as we come, we lift up our nation, and we're asking you for healing in our nation. We're asking you for a cure for the disease that's running this nation. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, we put it in your hands, because, Father, we know that you know all about the situation. And, God, look on the scientists and the doctors that they are working, trying to find a cure. And, God, you know what the cure is. Give them wisdom and knowledge from above. Oh, merciful Father, we lift up our voting this Tuesday, God, and we lift up the candidates that's on there. And precious Father, we ask you to intercede those that's there that, God, you knows their hearts, you know their attitudes, you know the way they take. But, Father, we put it in your hands this morning, and we ask asking you to let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let the ones that you want to lead this city, God, that they will lead it in the way you would have them to go. Gracious for those that there that is has taken matters in their own hand and not looking to you, God. We ask you, God, to encourage their hearts. Either let them come on right road, God, or else move them out the way, God. We put it in your hands, God, because you are the Father. You are the creator of this earth, God. We say thank you this morning. We ask you to look upon every. Everyone that's at this service this morning, we're asking you, merciful Father, that you will bless each home that's represented here. Look on our families, God. You know what they stand in need of, God. Oh, God, we lift it all up to you, God. And we're asking you this morning, give us that peace. That peace that surpasses all understanding. Give us that wisdom and knowledge, God, that we may know what to say, how to say it, and when to say it. Help us to be encouragers, God. Help us not to be complainers, God, but help us to rejoice, rejoice in Your holy and righteous name. We just thank you for that this morning, God. We praise you, and we magnify Your name. And God, we give Your name, all the honor, all the praises, and all the glory. My praise. Amen and amen.
1: Amen, amen, amen. 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 I want to also, uh, while while grandmother, my dear grandmother was praying, I got a text message uh, from someone who typically joins us. And uh, they have had, I'm not going to name the name because of. Uh, we're live but they had a severe tragedy this morning and they were trying to get with us and they could not join us because of that tragedy so I would just like for you to get uh, that family in your thoughts and in your prayers I don't know what the tragedy is I'm not going to mention it live on did, but uh, I just wanted you to know that one of the person who joins us on the call is in the midst of a traumatic situation, and so we uh, send to them our prayers. Well, I'm going to do something that the theologians might have a problem with, but the real Christians, or should I say, the ones of longevity, Will, uh, uh, well, they've seen it and heard it and done it, so it really doesn't faze them anymore. I'm going to butcher the, the Bible and the way that I'm going to uh, uh, take two verses and put them together and make one for my text. In Genesis chapter 37, verse
5: 1,
1: 2, I'm sorry, and we're going to refer to Clause B, and then we're going to go down to verse 5, and we're going to look at, Clause A Genesis thirty seven and two Clause B and Genesis five Clause A and in this Clause A we will have our subject and it reads as thus at Seventeen years of age, verse five, then Joseph had a dream at seventeen years of age, then Joseph had a dream. I want to uh in many cases uh, skim through this uh In order for you to really appreciate the individual by the name of Joseph, you will more than likely in your private time have to read uh, chapters 37 through 50 to really get the full understanding of this gentleman as I'm going to skip through there to uh, make my argument today. But I want to focus today on the hell of a dreamer. I want to focus today on the hell of a dreamer. Now our Father, we ask you will allow us the opportunity to present our case today, removing all shadow of doubt of what you have destined for us to learn and understand. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Eight seventeen. 17. I know for many of you it's easy to remember as it happened two days ago. Uh, for Miss Bell, it was more like one and a half. And the weird thing uh, about age 17, for boys, if I could just talk about that, I don't want to exclude the girls, but uh, at least I would like to suggest that I'm not one. Uh, There's a hundred and some agendas, you know, they change every minute. You know, we don't know who we are according to society these days, but... (laughs) From the way that I have been taught, I am a boy. And for boys, age 17 is the final stage before physical maturity. It is the half point between being sweet and being on your own. 17, we start feeling the waters of life. Society has deemed it okay for us to work without representation. We won't talk about that today. But we're granted a semblance of freedom and driving privileges, and most importantly, by now, we are high school graduates. Seventeen. If I can talk about, again, the fellows for a second. Uh It is that sweet spot between puberty, and dare I say, one of the roughest times of a young man's life. It is one of the only times he is truly without control. His body is acting weird, his mind is scrambled, hormones are enraged, and emotions are at a fever pitch. Basically, what I'm trying to say is, it's hard to deal with a 17-year-old, especially one who has to struggle with the transition alone. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, 19.7 million children, more than one in four live without a father. One in four have no one to explain relationships to them. No one to teach them, especially for the boys, how to watch themselves before they get messed up. A lot of these cases that we've heard about in recent years, where these women have accused men and done things, a lot of that stuff, if they had had somebody to kind of guide them through, you might not have seen a lot of our brothers fall. One in four have no one to explain their hormones or enraged emotions. That's why they're fighting, and killing each other, acting out in ways that are leading them to destruction. One in four have no one to explain their hopes, And more importantly, one in four have no one to express their dreams. And then you have that one who has a special gift in him or her. I think it's about time we add the ladies in here. But they're forced to live in the struggle. It's stupid for them to go home and talk about being a doctor. Doctors don't run through this family, some have heard. What are you talking about with these weird ideas, entrepreneurship, higher education, and the like? Boys who are proficient in video games and the creation of same, being constantly told how garbage it is, ain't no money in that. Go get a trade. Head down to the shipyard, get you a good job with some benefits. That dreaming stuff is just that, dreaming. It's crazy to think this mentality is the core reason why 98% of our society will someday die without ever living. The Dr. Miles Monroe on one occasion stated, and I'm both paraphrasing and making the victim. The richest piece of property in all the world, the most valuable piece of real estate can never be sold. It can never be cultivated. Nothing will grow out of it even though we are constantly planning into it. The richest land in all the world is the graveyard. There you will find Songs never written or thing, Tunes never played. Sermons never preached. Lessons never taught. Businesses never created. Artists never discovered. And most importantly, in the graveyard lies dreams never tried. I spoke a lot about 1993 today. But something disgusting was connected to that year for me. We had a 1993, well, my grandmother did, gray Cadillac Sedan DeVille. That thing had gold chrome trimming wood plates. Bucket get bench seat. It was the epitome of go back like Cadillac seats. thing was smooth to the road. I can tell that, I hope you can tell that I'm not angry about the fact we no longer have this car. And I hope it does not uh, uh, come off that I am angry about the fact that when it came time to get rid of it, It was off to me and I said no. But the craziest thing about that car was the day we got rid of it, I realized something. For some reason it was parked. The details escaped me. But I do recall it was the day after I'd filled it with gas. Can you imagine what it feels like to have to jump a car with a full tank of gas? full premium gas, mind you. (laughs) I don't know what makes me angry, the fact that I got rid of the car, the fact that it had a full tank of gas in it, the fact that Grandmama just realized she spent a full tank of gas and sent it to the junkyard, the fact that her response when I get off this call, the point is, This thought brings me back to Dr. Miles Runro. How many of us will die with the secret to life locked in our heads? Recipes, to cakes you don't want nobody to know. Mm -hmm. Some of y'all cooks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let us in your head. Y'all got that sweet potato pie recipe that, that people are salivating on. Don't die with it. Let somebody make some money off of that when you're gone. We'll put it in your name. Most importantly, tools to navigating through life. Understanding how to ground ourselves in our faith. And most importantly, for this particular call, the wise lessons only taught by God himself. Let me take a few more moments. To talk about this seventeen-year-old, because our text today speaks of a young man who, in all senses, Live in hell. He had a dream at seventeen that he verbalized to the team, which broke him at the scene. Y'all like that? Somebody go write that down. The centerpiece of our case today was struggling with a few things. Mr. Joseph didn't understand the importance of keeping your mouth shut. Sometimes you just can't talk to everybody about what's going on in your head. He, Mr. Joseph, learned even your kin folks will stab you in the back. Got it. He learned firsthand what envious and jealousy looks like. What do you do when those you love don't truly care about you? And more importantly, what do you do when those you love don't realize their form of love is hurting you? If I can sidetrack from Joseph, for just a second, because I now understand why Jesus called Peter, called Peter a devil and Judas a friend. Because your friends and family can't stand to see you suffer. They don't want to see you deal with the stresses of life. They don't want. They want you to be safe and polished, better than they were. So they shield you. They'll hide the horrors of life, protect you from the big bad wolf, cover you from the attacks of the demons which try to take you. But just like Jesus needed Judas, every dreamer needs a demon. I'm going to say just like Jesus needed Judas, every dreamer needs a demon. Another truth I've learned and my now 36 years, seems like we got a lot of folks who got birthdays in this month. We ought to call month church birthday month.
4: That's right. I've learned
1: you're, you're not going to make it a home run without getting a tad dirty. Sometimes the only way to get the job done is to slide in by the hair of your chinny chin chin. Might cost you a repossession or two. Might cost you a few decimal points on your credit score. It might cost you moving back into mom's place. Might even cost you a job or two. I've learned you won't get through this life without one or two knots in you through. You ain't gonna get through this life without a few tears. But then again, tears are a good thing. Wasn't it Mary? who washed Jesus' feet with her tears. Let me get ready to remove myself because our time is drawing near. There was a man who every day got off the bus at a weird place. He didn't look Like a truly successful man, as a matter of fact, he was a pretty quiet man. But every day, he would board the bus, sitting in the same seat, reading his paper until he reached his stop. Once arrived, like clockwork, he would gently get up, folding his paper, placing it under his arm, bidding farewell to the conductor as he exited the bus. The people daily was confused. They didn't understand why every day this man would exit the bus at this location. You see, the location was in a rough part of town. Constant crime, constant turmoil. In other words, it was a constant danger zone. But if that wasn't bad enough, this man would proceed to walk through the graveyard. Now, one could understand why he, no one could understand, excuse me, why he chose to exit this place, but people were even more troubled by his route home. One day a traveler became so curious that he approached the conductor. Why? Why? Traveler asks, does this man always exit this bus in this danger zone? Why does it not bother him? I know he knows about this location as he constantly reads the news. And if there's anything bad in this world, you are guaranteed to find it in the news. So why? And more importantly, why does he constantly... Go through the graveyard. Oh, the conductor responded with excitement. Well, that's one of the richest men on this side of heaven, you see. He has a 20-room mansion with gardens and servants and anything you could ask for. The struggle is, because of some bad governmental planning, it's difficult for him to maneuver his car in and out of his home. So he rides the bus back and forth to work. And the only way to get to his home is through the graveyard. So the crime doesn't bother him, and the graveyard doesn't scare him because he knows he doesn't have to stay in it. Watch this. He just has to go through it. Yes. The conductor said, with excitement, I love him. Sometimes I like to head over there and chat with him. Suck with him. He's very friendly and will welcome anyone who needs a good friend. Not only that, he's got this other gentleman who constantly drops by just to walk with him and to talk with him. Ah, uh, By the time the conductor finished, the curious traveler had reached his destination. And as he began to exit the bus, he asked the conductor one last question. And I'm going to have Rev to get, get ready. I'm coming in for a landing with this. <laughs> Who is this man you speak of? And how can I meet him? The conductor replied with excitement. His name is Mr. David, and he lives at 234
0: Holmes Drive. Rhea? Amen. Thank you. I, I want to take this time of prayer and meditation to ask us, how do we meet him? And and echoing on what was said earlier by um, Brother Billy, how are we sure that we're able to live in the purpose and walk in the calling that God has has for us? Per Per the child's morning hymn, help us to do the things we should to be others, kind and good. Maybe we've invited Jesus into this meeting, but have we invited him into our hearts? And for those of us who are saved, those of us who have been in church and walking with Christ for a long time, is this an opportunity for us to rededicate ourselves? The prayer of salvation offers us the ability not just to be saved, but to make Jesus both Savior and Lord of our lives. I invite us in this time to pray the prayer of salvation. Maybe someone's listening with you. Maybe you're in church, but they're not. Maybe you're in Christ, but they're not. Maybe somebody listening to this later will have the opportunity to know Jesus personally, to have Jesus direct their lives, being both Savior and Lord. So in our wee small voices, if we could just pray one for another. Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for the wrong things I've done. Please forgive me. I believe your son died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead. And because of this, I will enter into heaven when I die. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. I willingly give you my life. And now, Father, I ask you, help me do your will. Help me know your purpose for me. Help me walk with you. Help me see my way through this present trouble, Lord. Help me see my way. Thank you again for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. We
1: are glad that we could spend this moment together. We are grateful. I don't know if you noticed this, but our time together started literally a month, and a week ago today. Mm. We have been here faithfully every Sunday since the fourth Sunday in April, and we are moving strong as we carry on in our time of uh, let's go ahead and call it worship. We're getting more involved. People are participating more. And this call is really uh, becoming a beacon. I have pastoral friends who tell me that we are looking to what you're doing on this call for our source of what we can do in our churches. So I wanted to commend you because you are becoming pioneers in how we will communicate and worship moving forward. COVID has changed us. We will forever be changed. We will forever uh, look at How we do everything differently And so for those Who are feeling down or feeling As we say in the street some kind of way Remember That you are the pioneers now As I said In our first time together Old things have passed away and behold We are now new And so in that Mindset I leave you With our blessing Hoping That you will Take this as your motto until we can connect again. And that message is this. May God be gracious and merciful unto us. And bless us. And cause his face to shine upon us. That thy way may be known upon the earth. By saving health among the nations. Until next Sunday when we can meet.
5: Amen. Amen,
4: amen. amen. Amen.
5: Amen. 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 amen.
4: amen. 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 amen.